Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man who was asked to describe himself with one word, and he replied, does not follow instructions well, Mr. Trey Dedman. So, <laughs> that, that sounds eerily so- similar to something I've done before. Someone said, describe your words, or describe yourself in so many words or whatever, and... It, I think it was four words, and I said, you know, whatever it was, and literal. And I counted and as one of the... <laughs> <laughs> one of the four words. The definition no of one literal. Got it. Yeah, no one got it. No one got it. literal. Well, we're also sitting here with Mark Collins, one of the owner's Mission Cigar. Howdy. We're going to have to... And we're going to have to do this, especially Willie's had his knee replaced when he gets back. But next time Shannon's in town... I haven't got to spend any time with Shannon. It'd be fun to put him He'll on He'll be here, here this weekend. Will he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got the big anniversary party, yes. which is what we're talking about. Yes. The mission. Well, that was a, yeah, almost a pro. <laughs> <laughs> Until you crapped all over right. it. Right. Right. Hey, it was I, a natural segue, Shane, and you just had to, you I, got to point I had it to, out. I had to stop and acknowledge it. I was very <laughs> proud of you. And I'll have to, I will say this. One of Mark's best qualities is oh. he's teachable. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm starting to get him broken and getting taught the right way, and he's he learns well, and all. He's teachable, and that if you know me, you know that's a high praise for anyone. Well, thank you. <laughs> of of so all, it's, so it's April second, right? April first. April first. Saturday. You're not worried about people not showing up, thinking it's all a ruse. No, I think it'd be funnier if they showed up and we said it was a ruse. Yeah. <laughs> that may be why there's no banners or signs. That's right. We that's may right, be getting right. suckered in this deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and but so one year in, and haven't had to throw anybody out. Close, but no. And the um, what is the number one problem that you face in the cigar store? Keeping up with customers likes in the humidor has been the hardest because they change a cigar gets hot gets cold gets hot you buy heavy and then it gets cold and uh and trying to and then as you talked earlier about you know and it has changed we just when we first started we really did it we had no idea what the clientele was going to smoke because we really didn't have any data you know, if you know what I mean, we had yeah. no data. I mean, we know they smoked two different brands, but but that was all you. Knew. That was all they had. So so we but so that that's been the and that's sort of been a fun part too. But it you know you uh, but that's the hardest been the hardest thing because in any cigar shop I think is going to have some dead cigars, and whether it, it, whether they're great cigars or not, just sometimes they don't sell in a certain shop. We sell certain things that people don't, and vice versa. So to me, that's been the hardest thing is just trying to zero in. On that, and I think we're getting there. And Shane's helped us a lot, and uh, and so uh, we're just trying to, you know, trying to move out stuff because there's always stuff to move in. So we're, you know, get in, and figuring out our uh, metric on what, you know, when to move it out. Yeah, so we've come up with that now, so we're kind of holding to that. Why is the outside tobacco thing an issue in every cigar shop in the world? Why oh, do people, people bringing their own stuff in? Why do people always want to bring in their own cigars like this is a park? What? What's your theory? What is the What is the theory that makes... Because it would never occur to me to walk in here with somebody else's cigar and not go buy one of theirs first. Now, I'm not saying I've never smoked a cigar in here that didn't come from here. I've done it. But I will say I've never smoked a cigar that didn't come from in here that I didn't walk in the humidor and buy one of theirs first. You've also built up enough of a cushion, I think. Yeah. That <laughs> you, I'd say so. You, you've earned a little bit of that, that grace. Yeah, I think it's because people forget that a cigar lounge is a retail business first and a lounge second. And I think people come in here thinking this is a safe place to come and smoke a cigar, similar to if they were going to go to a bar that allowed smoking. And they think if I'm buying a couple of drinks, I'm still patronizing the place and I'm good to go. Not realizing that it's a retail business first and foremost. I think that's what it is. Well, you wouldn't, you know, go by Taco Bell and go into Outback and commence to eating it. And to me, that's exactly what they're doing. And the thing is, it's almost... Innocent ignorance because I was in here one day with Mark 
and a really nice guy. This is not a slimy second crate, second rate low tier human being. This is a nice guy that we all like. Asked when he first come in here, do I have to buy the cigars here that I smoke? <laughs> If you have to ask. And, and, and I think, because I'm, you know, I'm used to, okay, if the guy comes in here, you know, just fell off the meth truck with three teeth and pulls out a Swisher Sweet to try to smoke, okay, I get it. it that, that makes sense. But when a nice older gentleman that obviously has the money to buy any cigar he wants in here could probably buy every cigar in here if he wanted, ask that question, it just blows my mind. You know, yeah, you know, the interesting thing about that and, uh, when he asked that question, and I was a bit of a smirk, and I said, "You know, we are a for-profit organization," <laughs> and uh, but you know, the interesting thing is, he's become a very good customer, yeah, and and he gets it now, right? And, you know, because you know, and um, he understands the difference between it's great to sit outside on your own, you know, if you're buying them online or whatever, but. But the, the value of a lounge is much more than the cigars, as we've talked many, I know you guys have talked many times, it's the fellowship, and, the, and it's all that that goes in there, and, and there is a value to that. So, so, yeah, I have to be careful how I say all that, because it's my retail establishment, but it, uh, it all happened because of it. we had an incident the other night that made us put a sign up, and we hated doing that, but uh, we just thought it, you know, it was time. Yeah, I got wheeled a humidor in here. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Basically. I've also, you know, it's 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 a balance though, right? You know, you talk about right. going through great pains deciding whether or not to even put up a sign because I've been a regular at other shops where a guy walked through the door with that much of a cigar left. So obviously there to buy a cigar or whatever and didn't even get four steps through the door before he was getting yelled at. Right about how that wasn't allowed. Yeah, that's that's for us. That's that's something we do not enjoy doing, and so we just kind of watch, you know. And if it's a one-off, uh, you know, we're not going to tackle them. But you can tell pretty quickly, and yeah. so and if they come in, like I said, smoking cigar, halfway done, and, and usually I, we know everybody, right? And so right. it's a lot easier to to deal with. Like, even you, I prefer to drop mine in the parking lot, but I'm afraid that's going to do bad things for your neighbor. So I usually, if I've got a little bit left from my cigar on the way down here, I always just drop it right as I walk through the door. Yeah, at least you're not the guy that owns a cigar shop down the road that walked in here one night, sat down, didn't buy a no. thing, and lit his own cigar. That's <laughs> abhorrent behavior, even for him. Yeah, it, it, that that just blew my mind. I seen that, and I'm just like, I, was, it's not, I, I guess I was he getting, wanted to I, experience a real cigar shop. I, I was getting texts from everybody saying, "Don't say anything, just let it go, let it go," and and I did. But yeah, it, and it's not like he's a nice guy, you know. If a nice guy, and here's the thing, people say you should treat everybody equally. No, I think you, I think you can bank a little favor un, un, <laughs> until they've given you reason to pr- to believe otherwise or to do otherwise, which this person has <laughs> well that was just mind-boggling yeah, to me when that happened made but, yeah. it, he made his bed he's got sleep in it yeah so one of the things that we will talk about is spendy cigars that will set you back a hundred dollars or more this is from cigar aficionado i'm curious are there any cigars on this list that you've smoked um no i don't think i've smoked no i've never i don't think but well, i smoked one cigar that was supposed to be a 200 and something dollar cigar but I didn't know it was that expensive when I got it. We were at a party, and the host said, here, smoke this, and me and Yuri grabbed one. And then a couple of weeks later, when Yuri was trying to figure out how to get more of them, it turned out it was over a $200 cigar. But oh, wow. I don't, I've never smoked that. Now, the only one of these that I've even ever really had access to is the Cohiba Spectre. Have you ever smoked the Spectre? I've not smoked the Spectre. I have smoked the Bahike, though. Oh, okay. You have smoked the Bahiki $200 cigar? Mm-hmm. I didn't. So this was, you know, Shane did a, a bit of a social experiment uh, on me unwittingly a couple of weeks ago when we were recording here. And he hands me a, a humidor and says, take anything out of there you want. And, of course, there's a whole bunch of Padrones in there. Mm-hmm. And now I've been around. I've been smoking cigars for, what, 16 years now, something like that. And, and, and I, I, I've kind of developed my understanding of what cigars are and what's acceptable even when presented to you. And I, I, I didn't take one of the Padrones. But earlier in my life, 
I used to be friends with the CIO of Coca-Cola. And he was he was going to Germany a couple of times a year, going to Europe, and he had a he had a taste for finer cigars. And one of the things he would always bring back was a box of Bahikes and a number of other Cubans that and we were playing poker at his house one night and he said, Guys, the humidor is open. And nice. You know, we I didn't realize what the Bahike was at the time. And I grabbed one. And he kind of made fun of me later for it. And I, kn- I completely, now I understand why. <laughs> I was the only one who did I didn't know what I was doing. But, yeah, I have had, that, that, was, my, that was my Bahike story. And it was amazing. Mark, what's the most expensive cigar you've ever smoked? Um, probably El, Cip- El Septimo has one that's pushing 100. And I've, I've had a couple of those. And I don't know, were they some that were given to you, or were they some? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I, I was, because there's, you know, if somebody walked in here and gave me a hundred dollars, I'm sure. not, you know, when you start thinking about it, it's so funny, because when you start thinking about it, you're like, okay, what would a cigar have to do for me to be worth a C note? Right. What would I, what would I, what could a cigar possibly do for me that could make it worth a hundred dollar cigar? Right. So I once paid $88 for a Padron 64 anniversary series. I didn't know what I was... I, I, it was one of those... I went to a cigar bar and didn't, under, didn't know the markup in place. You know, it was one of those... They hand you a menu. They bring it to you. They don't have prices listed anywhere. I didn't know anywhere. This is back in 2000 and probably five or six, back when they cost $15. And... We were at this, you know, we were at this resort in the lounge, and these couple of guys who came in, they were for a, a conference. We start talking to them. I was 18, 19, 19 at the time, I think. And, you know, they're like, they're drinking something. I don't know what it is. And they're like, y'all want a drink? It's on, you know, they're expensing it. And I was, sure, whatever you're having. Oh, we're drinking Johnny Blue. Okay. <laughs> so we get the bill at the end of the night and my jaw hit the floor. I, it's a miracle my bank account could cover it at that time <laughs> of my life because I was a college student. But that was the experience, though, almost made the cigar worth 88 bucks that I paid for I it. I understand. You know, um, before in my previous life, I would have never considered it. Um, but, you know, I've had some, we've and we've sold them in here uh, that have been, you know, 75 bucks in and uh, and we've sold them all, and uh, some special. And I've had them, and you know, and they're very very good. Now the question is, uh, Shane, are they better than a fifteen dollar Perdomo twelve twelve year? You know, that's the question. And you get that much more enjoyment out of it. That's you know, and that's the thing for me too. Is is my favorite cigar in any humidor is the Placencia Almafuerte Salomon. Mm-hmm. I, I I would take we've it. We've got ten boxes in there if you like some. I, I don't spend that kind of money on my cigars very often. I understand. But uh, I was given a box as payment for, for a job I did at one point, and I would smoke one of those over a Padron, hands down, any day. And I know that's sacrilege to you. That, that is. That's mind-boggling. But at $25 a stick, 26 whatever it is, I don't know what I, – I, that's a perfect cigar to me. I don't even know what I could possibly want more from a cigar than that offers, much less for th- four times the price. understand. Well, it's funny because I was actually thinking about this today to, to diverge a little. So I've always said Padron is the best. Right. That everybody plays for number two. Padron is the best. But I'm starting to bend a little. Padron is ACDC. Every song range is the ACDC proves that range is overrated. Right. Every song ACDC sings sounds exactly the same, but it's awesome. The sound the sound is just amazing, but they all sound the same. So Padron is the ACDC of cigars. I think your Placencias, your El Septimos, and all that get more into the Rolling Stones. Or do you like their bluesy stuff? Do you like their hard rock stuff? Do you like their ballads? I don't think Padron has that kind of range. All right. I, I, I see where you're going. Mm. 
You kind of follow my thought process? From 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 the regular 1926 all the way up to the 80th anniversary, what are you getting different out of that 80th that you pay, you know, 25% more for? Right. Blindfolded, I couldn't tell you the difference in a 26 and a 64. Yeah. I don't think I could. Could you, Mark? I doubt it. Could I tell you a quick story? When we were uh, to prove that point, when we were at uh, Perdomo in Nicaragua a couple months ago, at the very end of the trip, we did a blind taste test. They put a, uh, a Connecticut, a, a Maduro, and a Sun Grown. So you smoked one, and they uh, they said, which one do you like better between this one and this one? Put one down. Then they give you another, and which one do you like better? And I'm a big champagne guy, right? Yeah. And so... One of them was a champagne, and I just knew this was a champagne. I picked champagne. Well, guess what? It was a Maduro. Really? Yeah, and so I totally missed it. And I thought for sure, blindfolded, that's what I was smoking. So I think the blindfold thing is really interesting because your mind, when you look at a wrapper, your mind's going to tell you one thing. But if you do it blind, it may your senses are going to tell you maybe something different. I'll, I've told this story on the show before, so I'll, I, I won't tell it again. But after we wrap up, I've got a funny Perdomo blind taste story as well. So I'll, I'll share that with you. Okay. But so the ones on the list here, we'll just, I'm just going to touch on them, touch on the high points. Davidoff Royal Release Solomon, $115. At least it's a Solomon. Yeah. Can I say, it, at least if you're asking over $100 from me, You've you've kind of took the hardest cigar to roll and right. made it that way. So I will right. give Davidoff credit for that. And everybody knows how rare it is I give Davidoff credit. The LFD Golden Bull. Which we talked about that on the show a couple of months ago when they announced the NFT lottery and, and all that went into even being able to purchase it at that point. Yeah, so this cigar, Mark, you have to buy the NFT of this cigar for them to sell you these cigars to sell. Well, I would never do that because I still don't understand what NFTs are all about, so I I couldn't get past that. Yeah, it's a it's an elaborate accounting scheme. It's like yeah. fantasy football. <laughs> it's a real elaborate elaborate accounting plan. Um, they touch the Cuban stuff, which I don't. The Daniel Marshall 24 karat gold cigar. Okay. So Fuente makes this cigar for him. And then he rolls them in gold leaf. I'm Does not he smoke sh- it? Yeah. Yeah, you smoke the gold. That's rich. But. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> True. But I just, I don't get it. I'm okay. usually the only one that does wordplay on this show. That was fun for me. Yeah, I don't really get it either. Although, you know, we were talking about the Cavalier Geneva a few weeks ago and how I wish the gold leaf was further down on the cigar so that you actually got to experience smoking through it because mm. usually by the time you get it your hands are getting hot and you're putting it down yeah I, I'm i not going to pay $290 just to smoke a cigar wrapped in gold but I get, at least for the interesting experience facet of it that I don't feel like $290 is, is that outrageous I just don't um I don't know. It's, it kind of goes to the, the last one on this list is Gurkha, His Majesty Reserve, $750, and it's a flavored cigar. Yeah. Well, it's an infused cigar. If I paid $750 for a cigar and lit it and it was infused, I would put it out on the forehead of the representative that sold it to you me. You would lose yeah. your mind. Oh, I would absolutely go ballistic. Yeah, and so supposedly it's made with a bottle of Remy Martin Louis the 13th, which is, what? what is it now, $200 a shot or something like that? No idea. So, uh, but they've been doing this forever. Like, this cigar's been around for so long. That's because nobody's willing to pay $750 for a Gurkha. The same box. (laughs) And also, like, even I've never had a whiskey-infused or a barrel-aged cigar that I really, really enjoyed. Now, I know Perdomo does the barrel-aged thing, but you don't really taste it. And that's what I like about it. Um, I remember, I forget who made it, but the Dragon's Milk came out back in probably 2016 or 17. And... Dragon's Milk was a, a high-gravity beer that was fermented in barrels of some bourbon. And so it was like twice. And it just, it, I almost feel like it would have been better if you'd have left that part off. So I can't imagine that there's any 
parallel universe where the Gurkhas were seven fifty. So, okay, Mark, I'm going to ask you this question, but then I'm going to do this other article because I don't expect you to have the answer to this question on the tip of your tongue. If you do, you can chime in. But Set me up for failure there. What is... No, I'm I'm giving you a time. (laughs) What is the oddest request as it pertains to a cigar that a customer has came in here and made in your first year in this shop? Go ahead and read that article. Yeah, let me think about that. (laughs) Yeah. So, from Half Wheel, Camacho Factory Unleashed 3 shipping in April. Okay, I've smoked the one, I've smoked the two. I didn't care for either of them. Yeah, I didn't really either. They were both unremarkable. I don't remember them. I just remember not being crazy about them. Well, you know, the ones came in here under a previous owner, and for a while they were, you know, the selection was kind of thin back then, so they had the benefit of selling pretty Mm -hmm. quick because of that. And then the twos have been in here, and these are only sold to retailers in a crate of 100. Right. So you're committing. You're committing to five boxes, which when you break it down to five boxes, four boxes of 25 if you want to do it in that terms, probably not as big an ask. And all because you rarely order anything less than five boxes, don't you, Mark? Right. I mean, it's it pretty much yeah. our standard. We're going to order five boxes of a cigar if we're going to face it. But it goes back to our conversation about backstock. And when you buy five boxes of a cigar, you've got one out on the shelf and then the four sitting waiting in the wings. Whereas this, they all have to be out on your shelf at once. That's taking up some real estate. Or on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a six by 50 Toro of a shaggy foot. And a lot of guys like the shaggy foot thing. And all, to me, that's kind of just gimmicky. I, I don't really like it because it makes a mess on my shirt. See, I like it because... Uh, couple of days ago actually i was smoking a cigar outside i was trying to light my cigar outside and it was particularly windy i'm a soft flame guy the shaggy foot would have made getting that cigar lit a lot easier and i even thought to myself man i wish this was a shaggy foot yeah i kind of like them because uh, i think the idea is you get some of the the wrapper early on right in in coming through it and uh, can you shag your own foot could you take a like a a 80 grit sandpaper and run it across the foot I, of a cigar. I think you're talking it. about something different Probably. where it folds over the end. Yeah, so, yeah. I can't remember what that's called at the moment. Oh, okay. This is where they leave the binder and filler kind of sticking out about a quarter inch uh, past the wrapper. Okay. Well, so it's yeah, just you're talking the about a sealed foot. Okay. That shows you how much or, I or, don't or, know. Or, or. Yeah. But I, I just wonder could you, you know, say you really like the shaggy foot. Say shaggy foot is just your thing. Could you, could you belt sand that sucker to shaggy? I. I'm Cut trying it. to think. I, I bet you probably could. I don't think it would be worth the effort. And I, well, this may this may be another one of Shane's million dollar ideals: the, the shaggy cigar cutter, the shagifier, the shagger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got great ideals. I'm not great at naming things, <laughs> but but the you know where you just you have a cutter and you know you got the double cutters. Linda's got one over there now that has the V cut on one side and straight cut on one the other. So you got one side that cuts the cigar and one side that shags the foot. It's like the the pipe honing tool that that uh, burrs the inside and the then burrs the outside. You flip it around. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that could be a that could be a great invention in case you got that guy that just really really likes a shaggy foot. You'd and, have to really like a shaggy foot. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever encountered anyone that liked one that well. Certainly not. <laughs> and all, but. These, you know, these are coming in. How many of the Series 2 are left in there? Still probably, what, 30? Well, probably, yeah. And, and you know, actually, those have, um, have sold well. They've, um, we probably, you know, for us, you know, we're new, we've probably sold through four of those crates. So, Okay, that, so they, a, they have, that's moved a lot better than I thought they would. Yes, and they've kind of died off now. Well, here's the question. Do you order the three? No. Skip the three. Now, when you get rid of this crate of twos, will you order a three? I don't know. I'll have to see one first. I'll have to try one and see. see what yeah, The real estate that takes up in the humidor is just absurd. It takes up a lot. And, and um, yeah, I probably won't, but we'll see. Do you think they'd sell better in a box? That's the age-old question of, you know, it's almost like a bundled cigar. Right, and some people won't buy a bundled cigar, especially in here. But that's actually a bundled cigar, just put in a box, I guess, you know, so to speak. So, um, 
Well, it does bring up something else I mentioned in the article, which is that e-commerce retailers like Cigars International and the like will get the cigar, excuse me, in 10-count bundles wrapped in paper, kind of like the Buffalo 10 comes in. Why they wouldn't do half the box loose and half the box already prepackaged in 10-count packaging for brick-and-mortar retailers doesn't make sense to me. Because that's going to encourage that would more be to better move. marketing. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, and then if the retailer sells out of the plain ones, he can just open up the ten count box and dump some more of the loose right. leaf in there. Yeah. So that makes sense. Okay, Mark, have you come up with the answer to my question? Well, besides asking for some horrific cigars, you know, why don't we carry them and getting people mad that we don't carry certain brands that are horrible. I only smoke White Owls, damn it. Yeah. Uh, probably, and this is maybe not weird, but I had a guy come in and said, you know, my budget's $4 a cigar. And so he was scouring the humidor for $4 cigars and said, you know, we just don't have those. And he was re- kind of really taken back because that's my budget. So that's my limit. And I get that, but that's just not... You go up Main Street, Walgreens is right there yeah. on your right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, other than the fact, again, that sometimes hey, everybody's got different tastes. I don't make fun of anybody, but, you know, there's certain brands that are, you know, on the on the low end that sometimes people want. Has anybody asked you for Cubans? Yeah. Yeah, you got any Cubans back there? How, so, how old was the guy that asked for a $4 cigar? Mid-30s. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, because well, when I started the, smoking, I you could get. I know what you're going for. Yeah, yeah, when I started smoking back in 2004, there were lots of really good cigars at four dollars. Well, the interesting thing too, this guy was doing a podcast and he wanted to smoke them on his podcast, and that was his limit was four dollars. So maybe he was just doing a what? What do four dollars cigars taste like? I don't know. And that could have been it. So, so the wig and mustache worked. He didn't know it was he me. Didn't, he didn't know it was you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you do have to take a minute, because I don't think you've told it on the show in a long time, the story of your cheap cigars you bought oh, when you were smoking a lot that you had to modify. Oh, yeah. They were they were La Polina Black Labels. No kidding. Yeah, I got them on Cigar Page or somewhere. I got a stupid deal. I got them for about $4 a stick. That was 30 years ago, right? You can't get them for that now, That right? was two years ago. Oh, don't say that. Okay. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was one of those cigar bid things yeah. where they were just clear. And I'm convinced at this point that someone at Cigar Deals or wherever it was had a bunch of La Polina Black Label bands and unbanded cigars okay. and decided to sell me something that wasn't really. They were so plugged, I would take a deck screw. And screw it through the. This is the story you're talking about, right? I would screw it through the the end of the cigar and pull it. It was actually one of those. Um, actually, it was the the daikon, the masonry oh, that wow. has the little teeth wow. for the threads, and and just pull it out. And even then, it still wouldn't draw. Wow. When you when you have to prep your cigar with a yeah. hammer drill, yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> you know, know I just want to throw those away. Yeah. I made it through the box begrudgingly. Ooh. Well, and one of the hard things about cigar retail is the guys that come up and they've butchered the end of their cigar, and they say, "Well, this thing's blowing up." Yeah. Well, yeah, you cut, <laughs> you yeah, you cut know, six inches off of it. And we've done a lot of education. Shane has done a great job. Anytime somebody new comes in, I send them to Shane. Say, uh, did that just the other day with my nephew came in and said, "Shane's going to show you how to properly cut and light a cigar." And, and I've even learned that, right? And I was very guilty of cutting too much off the end because, you know, I get in a hurry and, and then burn the, you know, so I've learned a lot as well. But, yes, it, it certainly changes the cigar when you cut it too far down. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a good policy. You know, the first time, generally, y'all will replace the cigar. Yeah, yeah, we, we do. And, and then I'll, that's one thing that, that we decided early on that I'm just not going to argue. I don't want to argue over a $10 cigar. I'm right. just not going to do it. And so what, what I'll do is we'll bring, I'll get them another one, and I'll say, now, here's what happened. I'm going to show you how to cut it correctly and show you how to light it correctly, and then now it's on you, right? So, yeah. And so, because uh, we've all made that mistake, and so I, we want everybody to have a good experience and not feel stupid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that, that goes a long way to getting people to come back. I agree. I agree. And I've the, been in places where I've legitimately had cigars blow up, and they said, "Well, eh, nothing I can do about it." 
And you know the 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 uh, the, the the thing is that the manufacturers replace them all. Right. So it's no money out of your pocket, really. Yeah. I mean, I had a cigar just the other day at a different shop, and it was someone I'm friendly with, and it was the last cigar in the box. Right. And it obviously someone had dropped it and put it back, and then I guess enough people had just w- worked around it. I cut it. It split. Mm-hmm. I went to light it. It w- blew up. I mean, everything about this cigar was wrong. And I told the guy, I was like, looks like someone dropped this before I got it. I was like, go get you another one. Like, no questions right. asked. Just That's the way to do it. And, and I was like, no. I'll, I, I smoke, I've smoked untold boxes of that particular cigar. This is not the cigar's fault. It's, right. it's, it's fine. I smoked it. Well, and we always struggle around here when people, when we get a new cigar in, and you want to get it on the shelf as quick as possible, but you want to also put it in the humidor for a couple of days and get it humidified properly. Right. I don't think we've ever talked about it on the show, but one of the biggest mistakes I see cigar smokers make is come to an event, you do the buy four, get one, or whatever it is, and they'll immediately grab one of the freebies to light up. <laughs> and that's a cigar that's been sitting in that rep's trunk for two weeks. And and I see it happen all the and then yeah it blows up and it does all kinds of man I if I buy a cigar at a at an event I'm smoking something I know's been in the humidor most of the time if if I can if right and but definitely not the the car stock yeah and when, and on Saturday we'll be having some of those deals there you go <laughs> specifics to come <laughs> Friday night about seven o'clock that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be burning the, the midnight oil trying to figure out what we're going to do on Saturday. So one more article that's really that's really an important article. I don't want to let this week go by without touching on this. PCA 2024 will be March 22nd to 25th. So last year, I remember well, we were at the PCA show and looking at my watch at 1130 at night and it's saying temperature 112 degrees <laughs> yeah. in Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a great move for PCA. Moving it up, moving it into March where you can go to Vegas and it's not miserable. Now, you still won't get your cigars till next March. True. But True. <laughs> <laughs> we'll still get them in the fall. But Well, I will tell you this. Just, the, you know, at, at TPE we went to in... What was it? I don't even remember when it was. January. It was cold in Las Vegas. Totally the opposite of summer. It was cold. You couldn't go outside because it was windy and cold. It snowed, actually, there. People don't realize how cold the desert gets in the winter because I there's nothing either. to hold the heat. Right. I didn't either. I'd never been there, and it was snowing in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think my wife was in uh, Tucson that same week and was almost a, li- almost a later flight coming yeah. back. So the PCA show was just a great experience. I've had yes. I had a ton of fun there. You know, the the most frustrating part is you smoke two inches of a thousand great cigars, right? Yeah, and then you smoke. You think some of them you get, and you're thankful you're only smoking two inches of it. But some of them you get, and you're like, man, if only I could, if I could, you know, wrap this thing hermetically some way and finish it after the show. That would be awesome. And it's just, it's so difficult. That's the most difficult part of the show for me. I can me, believe that. Yeah. Is, is when they hand you such a good cigar, and then you, you have to throw it down because you're, you're going to the next guy's booth. And, and that's tough. It's a tough. It's a tough putt. And all this year, we may have to work out some sort of system where you and I alternate <laughs> where, yeah. the, you know, I'll smoke a cigar for two sessions, and then you, because what we have to do because there's so many people there we want to touch and talk to we just got to block people off in 30 minute segments yeah and i'm and i'm militant with mark hey coming up on time because they'll talk to you as long as you want to talk because the more you sit there the more likely you're walking out of there with an invoice yes yeah and that and that's one of those things that mark and i are gonna have to come up with a little more strategy when we first went we were allowing an hour for each and we're like there's no way we'll never cover right. half the people we want to see if we give each person an hour so we had to whack them back to 30 minutes yeah and that just takes that takes a lot of lot out of you so but the PCA show moving to march i think this is a brilliant move the reason they said they originally didn't want to do it in march was the amount of cigar festivals in the spring yeah well i mean we're reaching that peak time where 
people who only smoke on the golf course are headed back to the golf course. Mm-hmm. You know, people who only smoke outside at their house are headed back outside. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's for if you've been inside, especially if you live up in the northern states, if you've been trapped inside for, you know, three, four months, yeah, now's the time you want to get out. Yes. Oh, it's so tough. This morning, I walked the dog, and I came in, had some breakfast, and I said, you know, I got a little while before I got any meetings. I'm going to have a cigar on the deck. And I could have sat on the porch all day just smoking cigars. Yeah. You know, I was listening to Bigfoot podcasts and playing my little video game. and All was right with the world. Yeah. Oh, just a, just a little slice of heaven. Did they know? find Bigfoot this week? Not yet. Okay. Just kidding. That's no, next any, week. Next week. Any day now. Any day now. <laughs> no. You'll know when they find him because yeah. I'll lose all interest. <laughs> but, so, do want to touch on a couple of America's biggest cigar events in April and May. This is from Cigar Journal. And bravo, Cigar Journal. I'm glad. So, I can't believe Half-Wheeler Aficionado don't have a running list of cigar festivals going They never on. do. We always get this list from Journal. Do they start with April 1st at the Mission? Uh, no, they oh. you didn't you didn't get submitted in we time. Didn't. Oh, that's right. We got till next year now. We'll <laughs> yeah yeah we'll so we'll go ahead and submit. Save the date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all uh, the first one is April fifteenth, the Texas Cigar Festival, sponsored by Casa de Monte Cristo. Now I've um, went to the Tampa Cigar Bash when it was sponsored by Casa de Monte Cristo, top shelf all the way. Yeah, the swag bag was excellent. Um, I bought the VIP, and here's the thing. Here's something I want to tell everybody. Buy the VIP membership. The extra few bucks, you'll make it up in the extra cigars they give you. And having the VIP on your badge kind of lets the people there know you're serious. Yeah. So can I ask a a question? What do you like in a swag bag? Because you've mentioned that several times. What what floats your boat there? Cigars. Cigars. Okay. I'm I'm not. I've got plenty of hats. I've got more cigar hats than I can ever wear. Cigar shirts are never made in my size. Or mine. Yeah, or Trey's. We're, we're, all the, yeah. we're on the opposite ends of that spectrum. Everybody listening falls somewhere between me and Trey in clothing. Fair enough. And they, you know, I just won't, I just won't, you know. And now if they've got a really neat piece of swag, I'm not talking about a cheap cutter. Right. I mean, if you're going to do a cheap cutter, I would, re- I would honestly rather you do a nice box of long matches than a cheap cutter. Yeah, and everyone's gone to that cutter that has the back on it now. Right. Which was great when they first came out because, again, for beginning smokers who tend to lop too much of it off, it's a great safety measure. But I just, I can't stand it. Let me me control that, especially if you're a brand that relies heavily on torpedoes and you give me nothing but a a solid back cutter, so I've got to sit there and cut it six times to Mm -hmm. get it where it needs to be. Yeah, I actually, um, this year on my list of things, I keep a list of things to carry with me at the PCA show because I have, you know, because I'm me. And one of the things I put on my list from last year that I learned, carry two cutters. And because if I hand Mark my Black Horse Knife Works cutter, he ends up whacking about half the cigar off. Right. What? You'll, you cut what? it too deep every time I hand you that what? cutter. By the end of the show last year, I looked like Mark's cigar, <laughs> cigar caddy. caddy. He's like, hand me Mr. Collins' cigar. I will trim it for him, sir. <laughs> I don't at all. Fair I look, I look like I was earning my, my money in that particular instance. The, the green's going left to right. You're going to want a V-cut on this one. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I did actually put a note in my things to bring to the PCA show because last year I put us together a really nice binder that had a list of things, criteria to look for in a cigar. So when we sat down there with the vendor, we had a full list to fill out mm-hmm. of to be sure we asked every vendor every question. And we asked every vendor the same questions. Right. And um, I've refined that list. I've been working on that particular Excel document, so I'm getting that trimmed up. But I did put on my list, bring extra cutter for Mark. <laughs> and he'll definitely. I'm definitely bringing one of a back on it for yeah. Mark. One thing. Back <laughs> to your enough. question, real quick. One of the things that Drew Estate does really well, going back to the swag bag thing, yep. is the bag itself. Okay. And that you know the the convertible backpacks that f- fold into nothing. I keep one in my trunk at all times. You know, I think that's an unsung. You know, Gurkha for all of their foibles, they do backpacks that are a lot like the one you carry our gear in. 
and they're great. I still take mine camping every year. You know, so that thing I think is is underappreciated. Okay. Yeah, and you know, I'll say to cigar companies, if you when you give somebody a piece of swag, your reputation's on the line. Yeah. If you give somebody the El Cheapo Cutter, you know, um, Pernomo sponsored our poker game last week. You should have seen the coffee cups that he brought. Oh, yeah. It was a coffee cup. It had a cigar rest on it. Then you could turn it over. It had a cigar rest on the other side and a divot for an ashtray. Oh, that's nice. Cool. I haven't seen that. Yeah, you could use it as an ashtray or you could use it as a coffee cup. That's pretty cool. We will have some of those to give away on Saturday. On Saturday, April 1st. April 1st, at the Mission Cigar, one-year anniversary. <laughs> what what time? From 4 to 9. 4 to 9, all right. And the new ventilation in here is rocking. Yeah. Um, that, that is one more. Th- well, let me finish up the events real quick before we wrap the show up. Um, just hitting the high points, I think the Derby City Bourbon and Cigar Bash in Kentucky you think you're going to that one? I think I will. If the v, But you said the VIP's already sold out? VIP's sold out. See, I kind of want to do the VIP thing if I'm going. And I'll, but I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. But that's like two hours from here. If you get a chance to go to one of these cigar festivals, go. It's a lot of fun because, you know, bring some extra cash. But go ahead and put in your budget some extra cash to take advantage because the swag and the deals they offer at these bashes is outstanding. Yeah. You know, we bought a box of a, of a particular cigar and got two free Zycar cutters for this box of cigars. That's a good deal. Yeah. Yeah, they they were really bringing it, pulling out all the stops. Because the reps there, he's got, a, you know, a tractor trailer full of swag, and he just wants to sell some cigars. So you can negotiate a little bit on your swag with him. Like, oh, I'm thinking of this box, but... My wife is excellent at this, and it's one of the... It's all that yard selling. Yes. Well, it's one of those instances where I, it really pays to have my wife with me because mm-hmm. she's so good at... She, she's so good at kind of looking at him and saying, well, I really need a cutter, too. You know, Shane's getting a cutter, but we can, I, I really need a cutter to go with that. Oh, yeah, we'll put two cutters in there. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> We're happy to take care of you. And so bring your wife <laughs> to, to negotiate for you and bring some extra cash, you know, to buy some boxes of cigars you really like. It's a chance to load up on some good cigars that you really like. Um, the uh, Boutique Cigar Festival in Florida, I think that would be cool to that go to. That would be fun. And, uh, it's ho- and I love, they didn't give a lot of details. The BCA is hosting the Boutique Cigar Festival at the Lada Estate in Palmetto Bay, Florida. And that's, that's it. it. <laughs> There's not even a link to a website. I'm going to have to Google this to find out what it, what's going on there. And, all, and that one's actually May 6th. Um, some of them could try a little harder. Let My People Smoke in Pennsylvania. There must be a good story behind that name because that name's not attracting anybody to your event. Well, it's funny because that would work really well in Nashville. So I, I know neither one of you are soccer fans, but... One of the chants, one of the mottos for the Nashville soccer team is let my people goal. So, in fact, Yazoo, I think, makes the the let my people. They've licensed the the rights to that to make a beer for it. So I think let my people smoke in Nashville would work really well. It might, but Music City Smokes, Music City Smoke Festival. Maybe. That would probably work, too. You've already admitted you're not good at naming stuff. That's true. (laughs) Might be barbecue festival. That's right. Everybody right. might show up with a bib. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be all right, too. And I'll, hey, the, hey, the cigar bibs time is coming. That's another That's right. one of my million-dollar ideals that people come in here. Well, this is my first cigar, and they're wearing, like, a silk shirt. And you're like, and here's a bib for you, sir. So, actually, they make the – my son has one, and it's silicone. So, it won't burn. It won't melt. And it's got the little pocket that catches all of the food that misses his mouth. So, you've yeah. got a little built-in ashtray right there. Nice. Silicone so you won't get hot. Oh, that would be awesome. See? But now now you're at – I'm thinking of something like the, the toilet gaskets that they make. Oh. I was thinking of something I could put in a box and you could just pull it out at the – Disposable the, one-time use. Yeah. Something that you could just pull out of the box at the station and well, throw it up if there. Well, but if you're more refined, you bring your own. That's true. And it matches the shirt you're wearing. That's right. It's like a dicky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really what we need, something along those lines. Well, we're kind of winding down the show here. Mark, thanks, first, thanks for coming on with us. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. And so 
it's a, one of the things that we haven't touched on that I'd be remiss if we didn't touch on is making the cigar shop a special place. People that come into this shop often leave saying, boy, this is kind of a special place. And we kind of tell cigar, you know, cigar reps when they're in here, he's like, this is a special place. This is a place where people are going to gather and talk and people are going, you know, and we've got our regulars that come in here and guests are always welcome. There's been a number of times we've seen somebody just sitting over there by themselves that we said, hey, come over here, sit with us and spend time with us and creating that atmosphere I know y'all have put a lot of thought and a lot of time into creating that atmosphere. What's what's the one thing you would tell somebody who's trying to create that atmosphere in a cigar shop? Wow. Um, first off, it has to, you have to have some seating that that you can arrange that's not that's movable. Let's just say, and we wanted to create that where all all of our chairs where people if they have a big group they can come and move the chairs around. We want people to feel free to do that. But, you know, aside from that, you just mentioned it. I mean, we have great customers that that have a lot of ownership, let's just say, in this shop, and they want they like it, and they want other people to like it. And so that's been, as much as anything, as uh, folks like Shane and you and whomever is is, is being so nice to people. And that's a, maybe it's a Southern thing. Uh, I, I don't know. But it's just been the atmosphere is just we've always just tried to create friendliness and and our our customers get it and they represent our um what we want to do our customers really represent that to other to new people so that's been a big help one of the things i know you can't really teach this but one of the things i've noticed is you know i'm in here once a week sometimes a little bit more not nearly as much as i would like but it's a bit of a drive your folks behind the counter have remembered my name after one meeting and Listeners to this podcast know people don't remember my name after meeting me once. It just doesn't happen. I, yeah. it, I'm okay with that. I'm not like Shane. And that creates a sense of yes. welcomeness that yes. you don't get everywhere. Well, I agree. And, and people, the, Dale Carnegie said it years and years ago. The, the, I forget how he said it, but the, the, most, the sweetest sound that you can ever hear is your own name. Yeah. And something to that effect. But so... And, and, I'm not great at that right at first, but yes, thank you for saying that. But that's just really, really important for, that everybody gets greeted by their name and everybody, we say goodbye to everybody. Yeah. See, that's another one of my ideals that I'm trying to get off the ground here. Name I, tags, right? Well, no, facial recognition software. <laughs> <laughs> With a camera pointed toward the door and somebody walks in and if you sign up for this particular service, it'll shoot you a text. Rob has walked into the cigar shop. I would Trey love, has I would love the cigar it. Shop. I would love it, but uh, <laughs> Norm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Norman. Yeah, I think I think that would be great if you if you had that because there's <laughs> how many times have you been in a cigar shop and somebody that you only met once comes in, but you talked to them for two hours the first time you met them, right? And now, <laughs> right. And now you can't remember their name to save your life. And um, you know, okay, cigar etiquette. What's the best way to handle that situation? What's your name? You think you think it's that easy? It's, My it's, father-in-law was so good at this, and he would always say, "Remind me your name," and that's what I've always used because I thought that that's it's it's it you know it's not coming off strong and it and so um, just helps me. That's how I do it. Yeah, that's. But it's it's funny we have a a little bit of embarrassment around asking certainly. someone their name, but. Are you ever embarrassed when someone asks you your name third, three times, four times? Never bothered me in my life. No. I, exactly. But right. we get so hung up on, so yeah, just be all right. That's right. I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot your name. What was it again? Right. And, and that's hard, especially for an owner, because I want to remember everybody's name the first time. And, but I'm just, I always have to go ask one of our folks, what's that person's name? And uh, well, not all the time, but. We've had, we've had Derek on the show. Yeah. Regular here. And just the other day, I've known him now for months and months and months. Just the other day, we were talking about something regarding heritage and certain, and I had to ask him to remind me his last name because I, I had no idea. I can blame it on being old, my brain fog. See, I've, I've got a I've got a young baby at home, so I'm sleep deprived. I can yeah, blame it on that. It's, it's the uh, whatever's in Diet Coke, aspartame, or whatever. <laughs> I've got no excuses, yeah. but I do have my wife with me, and yeah. that's always nice when I can say. Hey, this and Glenda knows. And I've trained her, yes. and she's took to it greatly. But just because of the nature of how many people I come into contact with, I'll say, 
this is my wife, Glenda. Now, she knows her response to that is to say, oh, and what was your name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I hear their name, and I'm off the hook. Right. So I kind of have an accomplice that helps me with that. And I do try. You know, we tend to sit at the front of the cigar shop. And I try. When somebody comes in and I know their name, I'll greet them by name to remind the guys around me what their name is. That's always a big help. Yeah. We all do that, yes. Yeah, and I think if you can create that in there, because there's a chance of the six people sitting up there, somebody will remember that person's name. Yes. And so you can always do little simple things like that to keep from having that embarrassing situation. All right. Well, we are running super, super long. I'm going to give the Solus a six. You liked it? I liked it a lot. Was it among the top LFDs you ever smoked? Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, outstanding. I'm glad. I'm glad because usually, rarely does our palate agree. The Colorado Oscuro, I think, is better. But okay. they don't make it in a size I like as much as that. So the 149... Always excellent. It was just the cigar I needed the, tonight. Um, it's a little stronger. It's a Maduro, so it's going to have a little more kick. It's a six for me all the time. Um, you're in that $14, $15 price range. You're paying a few shekels extra, but I think it's well worth it. So we ran our cigars on one to seven. Oh, okay. I was going to say, six not very good if you're going one to ten. No, one to seven, because okay. one is you'd only ever smoke it again if it was offered to you by a grouchy third world dictator. <laughs> And seven is you'd break your arm to grab another one. Yeah. What would you rank your Perdomo? Oh, I would say a six, too, for me. I mean, that's just, it's their best cigar, and, and I just really like it. What's the lowest rating you would ever give a Perdomo? Man, um, personally, probably a five. I mean, <laughs> I, I really like them, so, um, you know. I, I mean, that's fine. We, we rarely rate cigars lower than a five on this show. Yeah, if a cigar gets a four from us, it's a pretty bad Okay, stick. well, that's good to know. So it's I, almost, did, I didn't know that. But. Yeah, it's almost not worth smoking rather than smoking yeah. if it gets down to the fours and the yeah. threes and all those type ranges. Yeah, but, I think a three is would rather not smoke than smoke another one of those. Yeah, yeah. how do you get a hold of us, Trey? You can reach us on Facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at The Cigar Cast and email info at thecigarcast.com. Mark, give us the address of the shop for those listening. 2094 Wall Street in Spring Hill, Tennessee. 37174. All right. We'll see you on Saturday from 4 to 9. From 4 to 9. April 1st. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us.